How do your books look? Well, you're in luck because our next guest, I think, can help you live that motto, do what you do, and I do what I do. Welcome to the Field Famous Podcast brought to you by Field Routes, a show that shines a light on the field service industry and the dedicated professionals that grind every day on their journey to success. I am your host, Dr. Christopher Pisano. And before we begin, I want to remind you the best way to get new episodes of the Field Famous Podcast is to subscribe on your favorite pod player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast, you will find the Field Famous Podcast. Also, the show is available in video format. If you prefer to watch the video, you could do so. Go to BeFieldFamous.com. And you can subscribe to YouTube right there. Last but not least, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This will help the show move up in the rankings and have other people find it so that they can learn how to be field famous. Our guest for today's show is Andrew De La Chapelle, Senior Consultant, PCO Bookkeepers, and M&A Specialist. Andrew, are you ready to be field famous? Let's make this happen. Let's make it happen. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. All right. So Andrew and I are both in a non-air conditioning air conditioned situation because the air conditions get picked up air conditioners get picked up on the microphone so if you see us you know doing some of this here just bear with us a little bit because it's uh the temperature is going to get warm um but i appreciate you joining us today and and talking to the audience a little bit and telling us about your journey um and give you your platform to be feel famous so i always start with this question and that is you know for before i start with the how did you get into the pest and how did you got into it why don't you just give a quick introduction to yourself you know who you are what you do now and then we're going to get back we'll go back into we'll go back into the time machine i say to talk about how you got into the game it's gonna be one heck of a time let's machine go. Let's, all right let's get it going um <laughs> so i'm andrew delashpal i'm with pco bookkeepers and m a specialists I joined Dan's firm uh, roughly about three years ago. Um, out of a, out of just a quick call, I had a tax question, and <laughs> one thing that led to a, led to another, and um, joined him literally like three to four weeks later, and uh, have loved it ever ever since. So it's it's a great company. It's a, it's a great role that I'm in. Uh, just really enjoying life these days, uh, and I appreciate everything that Dan and his team does. And uh, it's just it's a it's an exciting role. It really is so exciting company. By the as way, well. I love when things happen like that. Right, it's just a phone call yeah. turns into something that like really gets your life going in a way. And 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 I love when that happens. Sometimes it's just as simple as a phone call. Before we get into what you're doing now, let's go. Let's hop in. We got enough energy that we can go back in time because we don't have any electric <laughs> and the air conditioners. So let's go. Let's go back in time. Pest. How pest? Why pest? Tell me a little bit about how how you began in the world of pest. So years ago, I'm going to date myself now. Um, back in the early '90s, my wife and I owned a, a company in Chicago. Okay. Um, and back in the day, before internet, before e-commerce, before all that, um, people printed brochures. They printed letterheads. They printed service contracts that they would pull out and use on a clipboard out in the field. Uh, one of the companies I always wanted to have on the ad sheet or you know the bragging rights of having customers was a company called Rentkill Tropical Plants. I had no idea who they were. I had no background as to the Rentkill name. I just loved it. You rent you rent to kill plants. You're, you're I mean rent- that's really 
<laughs> Come on, that's good. It's like no, God's I, honest truth. I gotta. I get. It's right. It's like I gotta. I gotta. I gotta have them somewhere affiliated <laughs> with me in some way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And I just I wanted that on that bragging sheet, you know. So when you went out and met new customers or prospective customers, you could you know give them that customer list. And we had companies like Morton, Brunswick Salt. Uh, uh, God, what C-Nage was the company, Andrew? What, what What was the company that you- we were in the printing, warehousing, and distribution uh, okay. field? Concentrating on Fortune 500 companies, okay. and at the time, Rent to Kill Tropical Plants was in a in a town called Deerfield or Riverwoods, which was about 15 miles from my office, and okay. um, it was just it was a great company. And I I did land them; they became a great customer of mine. We handled all the printing, warehouse, and distribution for all their letterheads, for their brochures, for just anything that had ink and paper or ink and plastic, whatever. Um, and we distributed them out to all the rent kill locations. Well, I guess we did a great job because they referred the, the gentleman at the time who was the, the last president that I worked with was, well, not the last, but a gentleman by the name of Jeff Mariola, who's still a good friend of, of mine to this day, but he referred me over to rent kill pest control. Okay. Uh, at the time, it was Doug Longfellow running that operation or that that part of uh, Rent to Kill, um, and so we picked up Rent to Kill Pest Control, and there was another division called Rent to Kill Hygiene or Initial Hygiene, actually. Um, so all in all, I, little I did you know you'd be all, Rent to Kill all over the place once you. <laughs> oh my God, it was awesome! I mean, it was like great, and I loved the name. I just I was so infatuated with the name, I I just could not get enough of Rent to Kill. Did you know how big um, it was, though? I mean, you knew it was a great name, and obviously, but did you know the depths of the company when you saw it? I did not. Okay, no, I just thought it was like you know, yeah, they were they were a, a U.S. based company, but I didn't know the background yeah. until. Yeah, the whole initial rent to kill name change. Yeah, so rent to kill tropical plants changed your name to initial, uh, and now it is called Ambius. And I was there all along that all those okay. journeys of changing all the brochures and all that. So it was a great run with uh, the company. Um, and then I sold my company in in two thousand end of two thousand six, beginning two thousand seven, um, and I almost went to work for rent to kill pest control. <laughs> And I was like, nah, you know what? I don't know if it's in my wheelhouse or if I want to do this. And I was going to work out of the Elmhurst location. And, and uh, I'm still friends with a lot of people at Rent to Kill. But anyway, I, I, I turned the job down and went a different path, um, which was telematics or GPS tracking. Okay. Um, and started with one of the, the world's largest, um, which was a spinoff of Brunswick Corporation which led me down to a, a smaller company, U.S.-based in Oklahoma. Uh, and that led me to integrating with PestPac, yep. which at the time was Marathon Data Systems, yep. which is one of the largest softwares in the pestle industry. And about a year into the relationship of integrating and upselling GPS tracking to PestPac customers and service CEO and the other softwares we had, uh, that led to uh, being hired by WorkWave or Marathon Data uh, to spearhead the GPS and the route opt that they had uh, partnered with and eventually acquired, uh, and also the rollout of the mobile app and selling that to our customers. So 
that landed me at, at Pestpack for six plus years. So that's, that's so, really that's crazy. It's so interesting that you you <laughs> you start like you know what you're doing. You see this rent to kill thing. You go down that road. You you get them on. Then you consider getting. You don't. And then you go to this other place. And then you end up. It ends up coming back to the pest control company and Workwave. That's so. That's such a weird like sort of circuitous way. I'm curious yeah. when you were doing the GPS. What what when was this? Back in the uh, to like 2008 2009 time. When was this? Yeah, it was two two thousand. I call it the uh, two thousand eight nine, um, and that was back when you know GPS was like thousand fifteen hundred dollars for the hardware. Yeah, and I want, 60, that's what I want to ask you about. Tell me about it then. Like what what was the technology like back then? Like what what was what was happening in that world? Because now GPS is like you know, I my son is ten years old. I used to deliver pizzas, right, <laughs> back in the day. And he doesn't understand the fact that when I deliver pizzas, I had to look at a map on a wall, right. you know, plot my plot my course, and then go out and hope I find the house. And if I didn't find the house, I didn't have a cell phone to call. I'd have to come back to the pizza shop and call him and say, I couldn't find your house. He doesn't understand the concept <laughs> of no GPS. So what was it like back then? And what were you, what was the, what, were, what was trying to be built, if you will? Tell me a little bit about that. So it originally the, the company was Navman and they were the largest supplier of boat marine um, hardware for Brunswick, which is the largest boat manufacturer in the world. Uh, but they also had a transportation division, which was the GPS tracking side for called long haul or trucking, if you will. Um, and that was spun off from Brunswick, just the, the GPS side for the trucks. Uh, and I joined them right. Uh, my first paycheck was Brunswick or second paycheck. And then the third and subsequent paychecks was Navman Holdings, which was uh, now a spinoff. Okay. But it, back then it was it was a black box that took 45 minutes to install in trucks. And then we had a, like a head that would come off and it was like a GPS unit yep. before even Garmin. Yep. Uh, and you could literally like you could send directions to the vehicle or you could actually put it in and get turn by turn. But even then it would say you've arrived and you could have been six houses away from the actual destination because <laughs> right, right. latitude and longitude wasn't as sophisticated right. today or right. back then it is, it is today. So right. it was, it was, a, it was, it, I tell you, that was a great time to be in the industry. That's where money was made yep. today. People are hawking it for 19, 20 bucks. And you're like, try to tell an investor that it's a great industry to be right. in now. It's right. you know, now. So, so then when you, when you, when you sort of came around, to 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 back to, to to the pest control industry, there must have been. Is there a, there was a big gap there and and a need for GPS and routing. Obviously, it's a major component to field service to pest. But they didn't have. Yeah. What was what was the situation like regarding GPS in that industry at that time? Again, great time to to join Workwave um, Marathon Data. I, I still thank you know the teams that I was worked alongside. Uh, even Chris Sullins and others that uh, really drove uh, Workwave to the level it became, but I will tell you that it was awesome because if you think about, it, you know, Pestpack is a, is a really great software, um, and they had a great customer base back in the day. It was for the most part it was ServeSuite and it was Pestpack. That mm-hmm. was it. Uh, today, you know, it's uh, ServeSuite is now owned by Service Titan, which also owns Field Routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and field routes, I will tell you, if I look on the PCO bookkeeper side, is probably represents 50% of our customers use uh, field routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's become a really uh, solid uh, platform. It's it's really gained its way into the industry. But back in the day, I, I remember having a conversation clearly with uh, Sullins and saying, look, you know, you're not integrated with anybody with GPS. 
there's revenue to be had for both of us, for, you know, for the company I'm with and for, for Marathon. Uh, it's recurring revenue, which everyone loves. Right. Uh, it's, it's, I won't say guaranteed, but it's, it's nice recurring revenue. And yeah, we took it, we ran with it. We did really, really well. So we upsold existing customers, GPS, uh, and it was such GPS is like pestrol. It's a very fragmented industry. Um, you know, you got your big players, you got your small players, you got everyone in between. It's just a huge industry. And that was way it was back then when we were selling GPS to our Pestback customers was it was a wide open landscape. I mean, it was like every customer was a potential customer. Yeah. And so this is, when you customer. say GPS to these customers and upsell, this is for in their vehicle GPS, or is this yep. to for dispatch and routing? This is just like where they're going, how they get to the home, we, how they get to the place. Yeah. So what we had was a, a black box, much smaller than you know the previous generations yep. of black boxes, and then we we was tied in with a Garmin unit. Okay. So a certain Garmin Garmin units that could actually communicate through that black box, and the unique position we took at. Um, with um, Pestback was a bi-directional API. So what we could do is we could send at the end, at the beginning of each morning, we'd send all the jobs that were scheduled to the techs to the trucks. And they would literally, cater, you know, they would all yeah. be scheduled on that Garmin. So he could literally just literally hit go and okay. go to his first stop. Okay. And then complete that, go next stop. So you didn't stop. have to this type in, I'm going, I'm going here, I'm going here. Uh, nope, yeah. it was all stacked, ready for him just to hit go, 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 go. And it took him turn by turn to every stop. And then when he completed a stop, it came back. There's the bi-directional part of the API. But it came back into Pestback and showed that the guy completed the job. It's freaking awesome. That's cool. Now, does it give any information about that guy in the truck? In the You know how they have these now. There's like tracking how fast. Does it give you any of that data? Or was it just purely like he got to go there and he came back? Like, you know, is it any? was it any of that or no? It was just purely directional. Yeah. No, it was we knew exactly when he when he arrived because of the latitude and longitude of the GPS matching okay. up the latitude and longitude of the customer. We knew how long he sat in the truck uh, before turning it off. He might sat there for twenty minutes, or it might you know, and then he'd go service the job. So we knew how long he serviced the job, and then from there we knew when he started the truck and how long he sat there before he left for the next um, location. And then we had driver behavior, so they had an accelerometer that could actually score the driver on his uh, on his driving behavior. So braking, acceleration, hard cornering, um, you know, speeding, all that information was pulled back into Pestback for reporting. Now the owners owners obviously would like that. Do 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 techs like give pushback on that? Like Big Brothers, they're watching me. They want to know. I mean, obviously, like you know, you're doing a job, so you're expected to do the job correctly and safely. Obviously, but is there and what yep. did you get any? Did you hear any of that? Was there rumblings like, why are you tracking everything I'm doing? Yeah, there was guys there. You'd find some owners like, you know, my guys don't want me to track them. Well, you know, my comeback was like, who owns a company? Right, it's your exactly. vehicles, it's yeah. your assets, <laughs> right? In essence, it's your ass, too, right? If it's your ass, accident, right? They, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So, sorry for the language, no, no, but, it's fine. Um, and you're right, like, it, like you yeah. can also see, like, hey, we could have got an extra couple houses in here right on the time that yeah. you spent just sitting on the side and like right like and put putting a couple more stops on a route could be the difference in the day of turning a profit or not right so i think that's really really yeah. important that's a better way to that's a good way to look at by the way where is garmin nowadays you, i'm sure you still track these I, things right like are they are they still I, going like are they viable in this crazy I, I gps world i don't think they're as big as they are i think i mean they they had a great run yeah, I, they did. I personally wouldn't invest 
Carmen. No, me neither. Um, no. I, no. You know, considering that my iPhone ha- probably has more power than right. and more updated maps. Maps are constantly being updated That's on your true. phone. That's right. Versus an old Garmin you unit that you have to plug things. in or yeah, 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 yeah. new SD card or yeah. whatever. So I, yeah. I don't know how they're doing, actually, to be honest with you. But they're I, still in business, that I know. Because I think I went oh, yeah. I, I went to the site, uh, I was going to Europe, and I was like, how am I going to... And in the end, it was cheap for me to just use my phone, like like we're saying. So I did, but I went there, and they still had they still had products uh, available. I guess there's use cases for it. Maybe I'm not I'm not familiar with what, why they would. Um, so so then tell me a little bit about. So then after you 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 wrap with 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 Workwave, where, where was your next venture? Where did you head after that? There was a uh, company that um, we had partnered with the company I was originally with that we partnered with uh, and integrated with, with Pestback. It was decent, uh, but there was another partner that uh, another GPS company that ha- had stronger, um, they had a stronger um, platform, if you will, um, more open for integration, uh, APIs and things like that. So we switched to them. So um, when, when Marathon or now Workwave at this point was uh, last acquired by IFS, uh, I kind of said, Hey, I've, I've had a great run with Workwave. I loved every second I was there. I still, I, I still miss everyone. I think it was a great company. Um, and then I went on to a, that partner that had actually integrated with, um, with Pestback and worked with him to help sell his company for over the next two years. Okay. Uh, so we, we got his company up and sold. And then that's, uh, kind of how, what led me to, uh, my conversation with Dan on a small tax question. Okay. And so tell me now about uh, PCO Bookkeepers and where you are now. So tell me a little bit basis about the business and then tell me a little bit about what you, what you do there at the business so yep. people can understand. So, yep. Yeah. So PCO Bookkeepers, uh, you know, I've known Dan for a number of years. I, I knew of him as more of an acquaintance than I did as a friend or, you know, really understanding what the business model was. Um, but we are, uh, we're an accounting firm. We handle the books uh, and the accounting uh, on a monthly basis for well over 400 pest control and lawn companies. Um, but it goes deeper than that because we have that that market and industry background and knowledge, we're able to bring best practices and be more of advisors to our customers as, you know, what are other people doing? How should you go about certain things? Why you need to do this versus that? Um, so not only are we doing the accounting, we also were QuickBook Pro advisors, so we know QuickBooks inside and out. But more importantly, we all have uh, knowledge of the routing software, the scheduling software that everyone's using. So we know Pestback, obviously I do, right. inside and out. Uh, you know, we know field routes extremely well. We know all the other softwares that yeah. are used within the pestrol industry. So we're able to uh, garner even more information and metrics and data from that side of the software and commingle that with the QuickBooks uh, and payroll to give them the insight they need to help grow their companies and give them guidance and advisory services. You know, and I hate to, and I use this line and I hate to steal it from Fisher Investments, but, you know, PCO Bookkeepers does better when our clients do better. Yeah. And that's, we want to see that company grow from 2 million to six. We want to see that $7 million company go to 110 million. You know, so if you look at that, the latest Fox deal with Rollins, yeah. you know, they came to us when they were probably eight, nine million, five or six years ago. 
And I'd like to say that we can we help contribute to that growth that wow. they saw over the last six wow. or seven years. Wow. I mean, um, it's a and true, we have a lot of examples like that. It's a true statement though, like because field routes is the same way. Like we we grow when you grow. Like if you grow, we're growing, right? So I know it's it's it sounds like cheesy, and it doesn't. It sounds like something like oh, you're saying. It's it's literally the truth. Like the our our this like the reason why we do this show is to provide a resource so that people out there can listen, can learn, and can bring it back, help people help their business grow. Because if they're growing, then we all grow. So like it is a true thing, and it's a good business model, and it's a good smart way to do it. Um, let yeah. me ask you a little about the business model. I'm curious. So. So I I would come I engage with you for for accounting if you will in that in that regard is there is it package based in other words how do I get that advice or does it come along with it do you have to buy certain pieces of that or is it just part of the deal that when I engage with uh, PCO bookkeepers that I'm going to get the bookkeeping but I'm also going to get a little bit of an advisory consultancy how does how does that work Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of times you know like. Um, if you look at your traditional account and they charge like by the hour, yep. if you will, uh, and then they'll do your tax returns at the end of your personal and corporate, whatever, and they're charging by the hour or set fee for the tax returns. But anyway, um, you know, we're engaged month in and month out. We're consistently working with our customers month in and month out. So we do have um, a fee structure, if you will, but it's based off of a number of factors. So uh, we look at uh, things like uh, the revenues. We look at things like, you know, how many checking accounts, bank accounts, credit card accounts do they have? Because we're reconciling everything every month for them. Um, you know, we look at uh, their payroll. We look at a, a number of factors, how much setup is really necessary and what we're going to do. So we put everyone on a new chart of accounts um, to match that of the industry. So when you hear about, you know, myself or Dan or any of our team members talking about, you know, gross margin, yep. it's because everyone's on the same uh, chart of accounts. And we kind of mimic that of of the big boys like Rent to Kill, Anasemix and things, publicly traded companies, yeah. if you will. So um, when they do the acquisitions, they know that they're looking at a chart of accounts that is similar to theirs. So it's easy for them to decipher and do their due diligence on acquisitions. So, um, but to answer your question is, it is a flat fee. But within that flat monthly investment is unlimited advisory services oh, okay. anytime. If you're going to go out and buy a vehicle, you know, call your advisor and say, hey, you know, should I be buying it? Should I pay cash yeah. up front or should I put it on a loan? Should I lease it? Um, maybe you're buying a building. You're considering, you know, right now you're paying four grand a month leasing a building. Uh, and you have the, you know, you have the, the wherewithal to go and purchase a building, or the, maybe the landlord comes and offers you to buy the building. We'll work with that that owner to look. You know, let's look at the forecast, what that's going to mean, or you know, your cash flow and everything else. So we're actually working with our customers aside from the accounting, which represents a small portion of the efforts that we're putting forth. Uh, that advisory side is really the key of what we that what we provide to our customers. Is, do you find that there's are there common pains in the in in accounting and bookkeeping and pests? Like, is there common not I want to I want to use the word problems, but things when you when someone comes to you, do you see this a similar thing or is it just that like like anything else? I always say like you do what you do. Like a lot of these a lot of people in pests they don't they're not accountants. They don't they don't do that. That's not what they do. So obviously there's going to be deficient in certain ways. So they come to someone who knows what they're doing and cleans that up. So do you see like common common I don't want to use that word errors or mistakes or common problems when people come to you and are like I need help. I really see, you know, when I first start working with a client, there's two things I see. One is 
there's, you know, don't, I don't want anybody to read this the wrong way, but they're using a local accountant. Okay. Um, that local accountant is using a standard chart of accounts. He sets yep. it up as sales yep. and, you know, expenses, a typical, uh, chart of accounts. Um, but he, that's as far as relationship goes. So I see these guys, they always see their accountant two, three, maybe four times a year. Most are two or three. They're probably hitting them by the hour, right? Probably hitting oh, them. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. But they don't bring any industry experience. So mm. if you ask your local accountant, yeah. <laughs> you know, how many pest control companies are you servicing? Right. They'll probably say you, only you. Right. Well, that's great. Right. You know? Right. But they don't bring that expertise that, that right. we bring. Right. Um, you know, if someone asks us to do an auto repair shop, we'd probably turn them away because that's not our, our niche. Right. So right. we're going to turn it away. Right. Um, the other thing I see, and, and this is my 20 plus years in this industry and working with hundreds, if not thousands of pest control companies, Accounting, they can kill bugs like there's no tomorrow. Right. I'm telling you, they are the most knowledgeable people in the world, more educated than most in this in across different industries. With you know, having to having to be licensed as a technician operator, and then you have your ACE and your BCE and all this stuff. So there's continual licenses and all this stuff and studying. Very smart people, but. They're not accountants. Correct. They were never trained in accounting. Right. They they never went to school for accounting. They they have no accounting degree. And then when you look at the makeup of the company, again, you might see Sally up at the front doing accounting, but she was thrown in that position. Right. She was a phenomenal CSR right. turned accounting person right. with, with no you know right. with no education. So I see those two things constantly in and out all the time. Yep. Now, I, you know, and that's when I, I that's when I love working with these people. Right. I mean, again, like it's you do. I live I love I live by the like it's don't be a hero. Two things I live by. Don't be a hero and do what you do. Right. Like you do what you do and I do what yeah. I do. And together <laughs> we can do it great. Like but if you tr- once yeah. you try to do everything right, then you're doing you're not doing it the best you can do. And I I, the, and I know, for for example, in accounting and tax, especially and I want to get to M&A and, and that part, like there's a lot going on there. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff there that puts you in a better position when you, if you're trying to exit and you're down the road and you're looking to get out. I got to imagine that if you have a setup and you're accounting and your books are nice or in a good, you know, more of a clean, you know, clean shape, it makes it a lot more attractive at the end when you're looking to exit. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. So tell me a little bit about the M&A side. Is that a separate service or is it part of this that like, you know, if you engage with me on bookkeeping and then I say, hey, Andrew, you know, Five years from now, three years from now, I'm looking to exit. Um, can can we start? Like, so tell me a little bit about how the, how you approach that part of the business. So uh, part of it, I mean, you know, it's PCO bookkeepers. There's PCO M and A specialists. Now it's combined into one name just because of the marketing and and just the yep. overlapping and everything else. But in essence, um, you know, if we are obviously we do the books for the accounting and advisory for over 400 companies. Well, a lot of these guys are. One of the reasons they joined us was to better understand their numbers and to grow their business. But at the same time, you know, every business owner has a, hopefully an exit strategy, whether to, whether that's through succession to their children or so, whoever, or just to sell it outright to one of the strategics or private equity or whatever. But, um, you know, that's why a lot of people do use us is because they'll get the expertise on the accounting side. But when the time does come, that they're ready to sell, they know that their books are in good order, 
They know that, well, we know that the the strategics love how we do accounting. So when it, when they do put a letter of intent in or goes through due diligence, they know numbers are spot on. They don't have to second guess and bring an army of accountants in to, to you know, dig further into the numbers and do the due diligence. They, I mean, they still do, trust me. But they don't have to bring it, you know, 85 guys in. They can do it with like five or six guys. Right, because one um, of the major things that they're going to be looking at is like, what what's your money like? I mean, that's what they're looking yeah. at, right? Like, how clean is it? What are you? What are your numbers? How are you profitable? And like, they're not just going to take your word for it, right? So right. they're going to dig in. And like, I think what you're saying is like, you you provide an expertise and a and a and a and a strategy and an organization that allows them to feel more a little more confident. In what they're about to get themselves into, right? Rather than just going to yep. Bob's Bob's pest control and Bob's do, Sally's doing it with Bob on there, they're going to be like, "All right, we're really going to have to dive in here because we don't know what the hell we're going to we're going to find." Yeah, and we had a deal a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, two years ago. I don't remember, but I remember when uh, he came to us. He was not an accounting customer, but he came to us to sell his business. We actually went back three years and rebuilt all of his books. Because the way that everything was set up and everything, all the cash flow and all this stuff, he would have never made it through due diligence. It would have been knocked out immediately. So, you know, you imagine the time and effort it took to even if you have a good years. good business, it won't matter, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. great business. Yeah, yeah, great business. But yeah. just yeah. yeah, yeah. So, is there a point like so? I, I think I know the answer would be right away. But like, if there's if I'm if you you know, is there a point where like let's say let's say you've been an established business for for five years now, you've been doing you've been getting by with your bookkeeping, and you're saying to myself, "Listen, I'm thinking about selling." You want to get that going immediately, right? Because it takes time to get those books right. I would imagine to get yeah. them in order. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's yeah. A, there's a setup process. There's you know we may have to go back. Like if we bring on a customer right now, we're going to go back to January 1st of 2023 to clean everything up, um, you know, and make sure that the entire year is is on par. Um, but it may be if you come on board right now and you want to sell, we might have to go back to 2022 or even 2021 uh, and make sure that all the numbers flow properly, everything's accounted for. Um, yeah, so it's it's you don't want to wait until like all of a sudden you have right. you've been diagnosed with, you know, six months to live. No, <laughs> that's the worst time to come to us. <laughs> I need help now. I need it now. Yeah. And and do yeah. you engage with a certain uh, size business or does that matter? Like, and if I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, this sounds great, but I might be too small or how, what, how does that work out? You know, it's, it's case by case type thing. Yeah, I mean, some of the small guys, uh, you know, I'll say sub, I don't know, someone's going to kick me in the mouth on this one, probably Dan, but I would say sub 800,000. It's, you know, what's driving the the, the in, increase in people selling is what's called, you know, the multiple, basically, if you will. What can I get from my pestrel company? And we, I go through this every week, every day with, with potential clients, whatever, but it's like, some guy might think his million dollar company is worth three X and that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, that could be at, even at a million dollars, you could still be a, a tuck in or you might be a bolt on, but you're not going to be a platform platform companies get the the three X or higher or whatever. Um, but a lot of people, they hear these podcasts, they listen, they, they read in PMP or PCT magazine of all these multiples. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and they're like, yeah, uh, at the end of, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, it's not even a multiple. It's just that's just a rough number that people use um, loosely, but it's still at the end of the day, it still comes down to your EBITDA. Okay, I mean, it literally comes down to how much money you are earning. What are you taking out of the company? 
you know, if you if your EBITDA is 15%, 12%, even 18%, man, it's not good. You want to be up in the upwards above 20, if not 25, when everything's said and done with your EBITDA. And there's a and str- there's what, a strategy to help you get there, I would imagine, right? That's where I would oh, say, absolutely. like Andrew, like how the hell can I get to the 20, 25%? And that's where not yep. only like you're saying, that's where the experience, I gotta to imagine too, understanding the industry matters. Right, because EBITDA getting there for one kind of industry is different than another, I imagine. Well, and also, if you look at it, another point to bring up is like, we've done a couple of deals where, or we didn't, um, where we looked at their revenues and we looked at their, you know, what they were charging customers. And they were 20, 30% below what the market is charging. They're doing well. They were successful. They were profitable, but they could have been more profitable over the last couple of years had their pricing been more in line. So the fear on that side is, you know, you get you get someone like you know one of the strategics that says, "Man, if we buy you and you're only charging three hundred and sixty a year for a quarterly service, but we're charging five forty or five sixty, we can't increase our prices 30, 40%. Right. We're going to lose those customers. Right. So that, that hurt actually hurts you as well. So that's one, you know, again, that's part of that advisory services. We're like, we look at, you know, what you're charging customers, what the industry is charging as an average or, you know, and really put together a game plan on being more profitable, um, you know, increasing that EBITDA, making sure that there's both growth and profitability right. because there's a lot of older gentlemen I shouldn't say gentlemen. There's a lot of older pest control companies in this industry that have phenomenal profitability, but zero growth over the last couple of years, last two or three, four years. And you have vice versa. You have some of these companies that are just killing it out there and their growth is astronomical. I mean, it's phenomenal. Like it's great. They have zero profitability. I mean, yeah, very little. So, so and that's, you don't want that either. That's interesting. So so what you're saying, so, that's, so what, what I've seen a lot is, you know, you get – you would get this. You get rapid growth, right? Maybe you're, if you're in a fixed geographical radius, especially, you start to possibly you get to like plateau a little bit. Then you you get efficient. You shore up your margins. You're generating profit, but you can't just sit there flatlining your growth, even if you're making good money as 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 a, being no. attractive as a sale. If you were going to keep your business and you wanted to keep that money and that was your model, great. Yep. But if you're looking to sell, you have to still exhibit a level of growth, even at a good margin that you're running. You can't just be a flat growth business at the top, even if you're making good money at the bottom. Yeah, no, because they want anybody that's going to acquire, he wants to know that there's still growth to be had in yeah. that area. Right. right. Yep, exactly. Right. Because right. they're not going to take something that's just going to be flat. Right. Because I have to imagine right. there's a level of loss on a sale where you lose customers. Is that right? Or no? Is that a false assumption? Like if someone comes in and buys something, do customers leave because of a transaction like that? Do they? I wonder. Do they build in a certain percent of loss there on on, on that? There's, yeah, they always they always assume attrition. I they mean, do, that's, right? That's just yeah, yeah, yeah. They're looking, yeah, and it'll it'll vary uh, from you know customer to customer, but they're always looking at that attrition and what's going to happen once we take this over. Um, so there's always clauses, if you will, built into the sale. Um, you know, like a holdback or whatever. You right. know, we have to see X number of revenues based off of the previous year or whatever it is. But yeah, there's always that fear of attrition, if you will. Yep. And so um, before, just looking at the time, before we get into our little quick rapid fire, before we end, if I'm listening to this, <laughs> I, I promise I won't get you in trouble with it. I, I, if we, someone's listening to this and they're like, wow, this sounds really interesting. I'm struggling. My books need some work. 
Where can they go and find more information about PCO Bookkeepers? Where, where how can I, uh, how can they get more information or find you and 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 speak to you about what they can do possibly? Yeah, they can go to our our website. Is you know we we provide a lot of free information to the industry. I mean, we love to provide information. We love to share information. Uh, they can go to our website, uh, pcobookkeepers.com. Uh, and they can look under resources. They can look under the, you know, the podcast. There's, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of good podcasts out there that Dan's done. There's a lot of great resources on our website. Uh, I've recently done a video. I'm doing one uh, this week for, to put up there as well. Um, but you know, or they can just email me at Andrew at PCObookkeepers.com. I will say like this video I'm doing, uh, next couple of days, it's tax planner versus tax preparer. Um, but yeah, I know it's, it sounds funny, but I'm telling you every January, I, I, I despise January and February because I get the calls from people that yep. say my accountant just slapped me with a $70,000 tax bill help oh me. I'm like, God. there's nothing I can do. It's, it's, you should have approached us probably back in June or the beginning of the year, not after the year is done oh to help God. you with that tax That's problem. That's crazy. You know, what are they going to do? Take a loan or maybe put it on an IOU to oh the IRS? Yeah, I mean, really? IOU. I get that. Every IRS year I get, oh yeah, I get that call, those calls every January and February. Oh it's God. awesome. You know, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I have a, a good friend of mine is an accountant and I will, you know, I will, give him the obligatory call about a tax question. And he'll be like, you know, we just, we all just don't do taxes. You know that, right? Like accounts do <laughs> other things, you know, like why everybody always wants to know tax, tax questions for me. <laughs> we do other things besides taxes. I was like, I'm like, I'm oh, sorry, man. I just figured I'd ask. Um, all right. Well, so that's great. So please check out that information, everybody, if you're listening, because obviously do what you do, right? Do what you do. Um, all right, Andrew, are you ready for this? It's going to be a quick rapid fire. Uh, It'll be painless. I promise uh, it's fun. You're in the, I, you're going to do say, it anyway. So either I'm, way, I know, but I'm I'm just going to say because I prefer not to think before speaking. Well, you're I not like going being to. just as I like being just as surprised as everyone else by what comes out of my mouth. So I'm just all right. Here you. we go. It's very benign. Very I couldn't. Scary. I couldn't. Make, right, here I can't, we go. I can't make it so <laughs> aggressive where it causes people harm. So it's very benign. I promise you, it's fun. All right, here we go. Right. Rapid fire, Andrew De La Chapelle. Here we go. Text or talk. Talk. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate. Oh man, milk. Cats or dogs? You can say none. I know. I, I you know what? I prefer dogs over people, but I do love cats. So. Cats, cats. Summer or winter? <laughs> Summer. Morning or evening? Evening. Beach or pool? Beach. Salty or sweet? S salty. Same. Favorite day of the week? Monday. The fact that you had to think that hard tells me that they're all the same to you. Nickname you? Uh, they are. <laughs> any any nickname you used to be called? Oh my God, Dela. Dela, that's great. Would you rather? Nobody speak, knew my. Would you rather? Hold on. Would you rather speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Uh, speak to animals. Everybody says that. How long does it take you to get ready? Two minutes. Scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? According to you. 10. Okay, if I was to ask your wife or significant other, would you say 10? <laughs> That's not a question. That, that wasn't on no, there. That no, wasn't on no. there. She probably would say that I'm a very good driver. That wasn't I on, have to be. That wasn't on I there, know. but I threw that in. Invisibility or super strength? Oh, super strength. Rats or mice? 
<laughs> oh my god uh let's go mice bees or wasps bees if you were really hungry would you eat a bug no no couldn't no do that oh, i lost the audio i lost it hold on i know they do One that sec. you know like oh you know what my my headphone just went out <laughs> hold on one sec andrew if you can hear me hold on Oh, yeah, there you go. We're back. Andrew, can you hear us? Yep. Can you hear me? No, I can hear you. Nope, no, he's me. going. Oh, on your end. One sec. I can't hear you. One second. Hmm. I can hear me. There you go. You there? Andrew, can you say something? I'm here. There you go. All right. We lost you for a yep. second. So I'm going to ask you that one last question one more time because I think we, we cut we cut out okay. and then we'll just we'll edit it in. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? I, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I, I couldn't I do couldn't it do either. It. I'd eat other things, I think, before I'd eat a bug. I, you know what I mean? I couldn't crunch into the bug. You know what I mean? The the thought of the, yeah. the crunch... No good. All right, Isn't you did like great. A delicacy overseas, no, like no over It's not a like, delicacy yeah, for like... me. It ain't no delicacy. <laughs> See, you did great. That was benign. I'm a dark chocolate guy. Not a milk. See where we vary. I'm a dark chocolate guy. Not yeah. a milk chocolate guy. Uh, Beecher pools tough, salty, definitely all day. Uh, dogs or cats? I don't do either. Scale of one to ten, I think I'm a ten. And I'd go. I'd go invisibility. Cause I'm nosy as hell, and I want to know what everybody's. <laughs> I want to know what everybody's got going on. Oh See, my God. I just want to help everybody. Yeah, so there that's you where go. We make a good combo. You do what you do. I do what I do. That's that's the theme of this episode. Andrew, I appreciate you joining the Feel Famous podcast. Everybody, uh, please uh, go check Andrew out and, his, and the and the company PCO Bookkeepers. Um, and BeFeelFamous.com is where you can find more information about this show, about this episode. Tell your friends, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Remember, your success is fame-worthy, so come tell your story. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.